Hey y'all, it's A Few Minutes with a Few podcast. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we have a passion for seeing people make Jesus number one in their everyday lives. We want to get serious about being serious for Jesus. Will you join us? Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm Lily. And I'm Maddie. And we are so excited to be joining you for another great discussion. Boy, do we have so much in store for y'all today. Mm -hmm. Maddie and I have been researching, reading, listening to so many different classes and conversations about the stuff that we're going to get into today. And just a little teaser, we're going to be talking about how the church has led most of the uh, political movements that we've seen in the past and kind of talk about how we're not necessarily seeing that today in 2020 Mm -hmm. before the election, before all this stuff that is going on. We're going to talk about the church and we're going to be real with you about how we are not being real, okay? Just to put it super, super simple, um, I think that we need to go back to some of these things, look back at history, and uh, take the time to do that today. So that's what we're going to be doing, but I do want to just remind you guys really quickly, we do have a podcast episode titled Politics, Convictions, and Hard Things, and I highly recommend that to anybody who wants to kind of see how politics and faith can really coexist Mm -hmm. and how they go together, why it matters for Christians to be involved in politics, and all that good stuff. So, if you haven't listened to that, then be sure to do that. It doesn't matter if you listen to it before or after this episode, but I would really encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and do that um, because that's a really awesome episode that we got into a lot of the nitty-gritty things that we are seeing right now, but we're going to kind of continue that in this episode. But before we get into any of that, I want Maddie to catch us up on where you guys can find us on our social media platforms and all that great stuff. All right, so we do have a new podcast episode up from last week called Second Thoughts, and I really enjoyed that podcast episode. I thought it was a good one. So if you haven't already listened to that, uh, if you'd like to, you can go and listen to that one. We also have a blog. For those of you that don't know, we always link our blog in the description of each podcast episode. So Mm -hmm. if you want to go and check us out over there, you can just hit the link in the description of this episode, or you can look us up at thefew.blog. We also have Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor accounts where we are also the few.blog. So if you want to go check us out over there too and uh, maybe follow, like some stuff, uh, we would definitely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And then you can just kind of see some of the extra stuff that we put out during the week. Uh, we try and do at least one post in the middle of the week when we're not doing podcast episodes and things. But we have a very special announcement for y'all this week. We have hit 1.2 thousand downloads on the podcast. 1.2k people. We are so excited Mm -hmm. to have the podcast growing this much and this quickly. We, uh, it's only been a week. Yeah, we've only 
had a week of a thousand downloads and now you guys have gone all the way to 1.2k yeah and we are just so thrilled uh thank you to everybody that's been downloading i know Mm -hmm. we've been saying it a lot for the past couple weeks but we really are so grateful to everyone that's been uh supporting us both here on the blog on our other social media accounts we are just so excited to keep giving you guys some of our little rants and Mm -hmm. um just producing some more content for you uh we are just really enjoying this. We are really enjoying the podcast and recording these different things for you guys. So thank you for 1.2 thousand downloads. Mm -hmm. We are so excited to uh, keep this podcast growing and to just keep this little community over here, just keep getting bigger. We're really excited. Thank you to everybody who's kept coming back and listening. We are so grateful for you guys and none of this would be possible without you guys. So we are Mm -hmm. so thankful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so with all of that great stuff said, let's jump in to today's discussion. I first want to start off with a quote by George Washington, and um, Maddie's going to read this one for us, but this is one that I actually use in my government class just this week for a devotional, and I have heard this quote many, many times, especially Mm -hmm. in the past couple months after researching and looking up quotes by the Founding Fathers and just doing a lot of that specifically for my government class. And this has been one that has really stuck with me. So I want Maddie to read that because I think it starts us off with everything that we want to go into and the discussion that we want to have. All right. So this quote is by George Washington, like Lily said, and it says, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. Okay, so I really want to go into this because this is George Washington, guys, right? I mean, this is the man who has, um, who is a first president. He won the Revolutionary War for us and just all these different things. He really was just this amazing leader who spurred the American spirit on. Does that make sense? He was one mm-hmm. that really had a lasting impact on the government that we have today and the founding and the creation of it in its entirety. He had so much to do with it. And here's what I want to say about that. We often think, and I now being in this government class and hearing other people's views, some of them, or some people, I should say, do not think that the founding fathers were at all religious or spiritual. And after reading some of their quotes and looking at our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, all these different things that they have written and really formed our country with, I do not see how that's true one bit. Like, it just doesn't make sense because they even quoted the Bible 34% of the time in the Constitution alone. That's just the Constitution. That's not the Declaration. That's not anything else that they wrote or quotes or any of that. In the Constitution alone, 34% of the time, they are quoting the Bible. I think this speaks volumes to how we were really founded Mm -hmm. and what America has kind of strayed from, especially uh, in 2020, I feel like. And the past couple years have just been one of pure chaos. And, um, And I know that we've said that a lot. Like, we are just living in a chaotic time, a crazy time. And obviously, you and I as Christians know that the enemy is the author of confusion. We Mm -hmm. see that all throughout scripture. If he can confuse us, if he can lie to us and deceive us in different ways and make us question God or his blessing, then 
you know, that's all he needs. That's all he needs to distract us from what God has for us. And that's what I'm seeing as a country, as America, we are straying from that and we are going farther and farther and farther away from the truth that these men really knew and really believed that America needed to be founded upon. And so, I want to just make a couple points here. So, from that quote, George Washington says that we need to acknowledge that there is a creator. We have to obey his will. We have to be grateful for his blessing. Mm -hmm. And we have to humbly implore his protection. Four things. If we as Americans and as Christians, if we actually did those four things, I believe that we could get America back on track. Mm -hmm. I really do. If we all acknowledge that there is a creator... Because that's where it all starts, right? You have to acknowledge that you have a creator who knows better than you and who knows what's best for our country, right? Mm -hmm. Because there has to be something that we build upon. There has to be a foundation. Yeah. So we acknowledge that there's a creator and then we have to obey his will, which means that you have to know him, right? You have to intimately know your creator in order to obey his will. And then you have to be grateful for his blessings, because you, we know that our creator is a good God and mm-hmm. that he wants the best for us. So we have to be grateful for that. And then the last one is one that I just cannot get over is that we have to humbly implore his protection. If we did those four things, I think we could get America back on track. Because what we're seeing with the riots and what we're seeing with the virus and what we're seeing with this upcoming election in a week, like, are we as Christians imploring God's protection Mm -hmm. because we need it, y'all. I know that hopefully if you're listening to this, you realize that, and I don't want to get like overly political and be weird here or whatever because like we're about Jesus. That's what we're about. But also we know that politics and uh, faith and spirituality and all this stuff, they coexist. They go together in every single way. Yeah. So we're going to talk about all that. But with this upcoming election, do we really realize that we have to ask God for his protection? Because Mm -hmm. he's not just going to protect us when we don't want him to. Like we have to, we have to give God something to work with. And if we don't give him something to work with, if we're not on our knees and really interceding for our leaders and the things that are happening right now and the evil that has really been um, unleashed in the past year, in the past couple months even, like, guys, we just have to. There is no other choice for us as the church. We have to implore his protection over our land. That is the only way that we remain a free nation where we can pray, that we can humbly implore his protection. Because if you don't live in a free land, you can't do that. Politics affect so many things. And I put this in a recent blog post. It affects your health, it affects your faith, it affects the unborn, it it affects every single thing, and it affects the truth. Yeah, I think I heard David Barton say something like this. We were talking about this earlier, about asking the Lord to protect our country, but we've got to give him something to work with. And I know that um, lots of different people have said that. David Barton is just the person that I heard say it. We've got to give the Lord something to work with. Like, as of right now... We are rejecting him mm-hmm. at every turn. Yeah. We are 
literally just like flat out rejecting his Mm -hmm. protection we don't want it anymore and it's so evident with the rioters Mm -hmm. with the election like what has been very spiritual about the election like are we actually going to turn to God for the fate of our country? Because I think that this election is one of the most important in history. It is going to be a game changer, whoever gets elected. But like Lily said, we have got to implore his protection Mm -hmm. and we got to do it now. Like we have a week. Yeah. Yeah. And we have strayed so far away from him. It's not even funny. Who do our political leaders quote most of the time? I bet they don't quote scripture 34% of the time like our founding fathers did. And I think that that is just such a testament to, even though some of them weren't very religious, like, you know, Benjamin Franklin is said to have been the least religious founding father per se. And even he is the one that while they were writing the constitution said, uh, peeps, we haven't prayed yet. Yeah. And we, like, going on six or seven weeks of Mm -hmm. arguing and debating about what should be in the Constitution, they hadn't prayed yet. Yeah. And there were Christians among the Founding Fathers. There were religious people, but yet the least religious person is the one that's like, guys, we got to pray and Mm -hmm. we got to ask him to tell us what we're supposed to put in this tell us mm-hmm. how to govern um this which new even, country which even shows you like how the least religious person mm-hmm. thought in that time you know that we yeah. would say was the least religious and now in our time we have people who yeah. are oh my goodness like mm-hmm. rejecting god will cuss will i mean use his name in vain and will just go at it i mean it's just absolutely unbelievable that we have gone from that kind of least religious mm-hmm. to um, the rioters and the people that we see out on the streets beating people and ruining stores, burning things, destroying things. Now that's the least religious. Like we've declined so much as a country. And I think that just proves what you're saying. Yeah. And like Lily was saying at the beginning of this episode, kind of um, talking about what we were going to discuss The church has always been the one to lead the revivals, these big movements that have changed the world. And, like, what on earth is the church doing right now? Nothing. What are we doing? We're not even in our building. We have allowed the government to shut down our churches, and we have willingly stopped meeting, stopped congregating. And I'm not saying that we should like rise up against the government completely, but we have got to stop giving away our freedoms. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that our family has been so passionate about lately. Um, We are so close to completely giving away our freedom. Mm -hmm. In one of Lily's classes that she took for college, you were supposed to write about things that you wanted the government to do better or um, things that you would add to the government that you wanted the government to start doing. And so many of her peers wanted to give the government more power Mm -hmm. and give them more power and more power than they already have. And Lily was the only one that was like, no, we need to take away some of their power. Mm -hmm. We need to begin to govern ourselves again. And I'm not saying that like we should turn the president out of the White House or anything. Right. Like, we do need leaders mm-hmm. that uh, lead our country, that make big decisions for us, but we have got to speak up and let our opinions be known about those big decisions. Right. 
and we need to be praying about what our opinion is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing is that we're, first off, we're not imploring his protection so that he will just preordain all these different things and protect our country. We're not even doing that anymore. Right. And then when it comes to forming an opinion, we're not even worried about like praying about it beforehand. We're yeah. just worried about listening to what the media has to say, listening to what our friends have to say, right. and then forming our opinion off that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting really tired of that stuff because we have got to start thinking for ourselves, thinking like Americans. This is what America is about, is about thinking for yourself and being a Christian who is free to pray about those things and to, I don't know, to implore his protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a verse in Jude that I really want to uh, look at here. It's Jude chapter 1, verse 18. It says, They told you in the end time there will be scoffers, living according to their own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly, not having the Spirit. So first off, that's where we're at today, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 20 says, But you, dear friends, this is talking to us Christians, like, hello, wake up church, but you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, which is cool because you just said that, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. And there are just so many different things I feel like that we could go into that um, and look at and discuss. But verse 18, I think that we are in the end times. People will disagree, say that, oh my goodness, you're a conspiracy theorist, all this stuff. I I really think that we are at a crucial time in history Mm -hmm. where the church has almost, I'm just going to say, we've chosen not to step up because we're scared. And we don't want to be persecuted for the things that we believe and for the truth. And most of us don't even know the truth. So we're, I'm not really sure what we're scared of. We're scared of our own, I guess, um, you know, fleshly reputation, credibility, all that stuff. But when are we going to get to the point where we build ourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit? This is what George Washington believed. Implore his protection, grateful for his blessings, all these things. We have to acknowledge that there's a creator, that we have the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus, and that he now guides us when it comes to these huge decisions. We are a godly nation, and this is what these men believed. Mm -hmm. With their whole hearts, they believed that Jesus has to be the center of this thing, has to be the center of this great experiment, or it will be doomed. Like, you're done. Every other country, every single government and constitution, I think the average of a constitution, I put this in a blog post too, um, was, what was it? It was like 17 years or something. I may Mm. not be exactly right on that, but it was some crazy, you know, number that was not that long. It was very, very short time period. And we have had the American government, our constitution, all this stuff for over 230 years. 230 years we have been using the same system that has guided us that we sure there's been different amendments and Mm -hmm. things that change but for the most part it's the constitution and we don't change it because god granted i truly believe god granted the founding fathers with wisdom that 
they didn't have on their own. Mm -hmm. Like it was divine wisdom, divine knowledge that they needed to form a government to create a country that would be one nation under God and would actually implore his protection and seek him on these matters that we're going through. And I think that that's why 2020 has been such a crazy year is because we've turned away from that. The church is not leading people in this time. That's why there is chaos. That's why, like, if you look at the Great Awakening, if you look at when our country was founded, going away from Great Britain and the tyranny and the different things that they experienced there, like, these men, these godly leaders led that thing. Mm -hmm. They lead the Great Awakening. If you look at Martin Luther King Jr. um, with the African-American community and really just empowering the church in that time and revivals, just all this stuff happening, this is where we have to get to. And really quickly, I want to read, I was actually looking up a Matthew Henry commentary on that Jude chapter that we just read. And he says, uh, he said something that I really want to point out and something that I think is, is super good for the church of 2020 He says, those who would persuade must make it evident that they sincerely love those whom they would persuade. Bitter words and harsh usage never did nor ever will convince, much less persuade anybody. The words which inspired persons have spoken, duly remembered, and reflected on are the best preservative against dangerous errors. This will always be so till men have learned to speak better than God himself. This is a part that I really love. We ought not to be offended if errors and persecutions arise and prevail in the Christian church. This was foretold, and therefore we should not think worse of Christ's person, doctrine, or cross when we see it fulfilled. We must not think it strange, but comfort ourselves with this, that in the midst of all this confusion, Christ will maintain his church and make good promise that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then he goes on to say, the more religion is ridiculed and persecuted, the faster hold we should take and keep of it. Being forewarned, we should show that we are forearmed. Under such trials, we should stand firm and not be soon shaken in mind. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let that sink in for a minute. The more religion is ridiculed and persecuted, the faster hold we take and keep of it. Guys, this, the church always rises up. God somehow does this crazy kind of thing with the minority. When, as Christians, we are the minority, he somehow raises up an army mm-hmm. of warriors, of mighty warriors who want to see God's kingdom on earth. People who are actually willing to fight for the truth. And that's what we are not seeing in the Church of 2020. And I know we keep going into this in blog posts and podcast episodes and everything else, but guys, like, when are we actually going to get it? Because we have a week. And I don't, I don't say that to make you go, oh my gosh, like, what? It's a week. Oh my goodness. Like, we're freaking out. No, you have a week. The church has a week, I should say, to get themselves together and actually rise up. You and I have a week to decide if we're actually going to implore God's protection on America again. And I don't want to say that in some kind of, oh my goodness, you know, make you fearful, make us all wigged out or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm serious. Mm -hmm. 
The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right now, we have an enemy that wants nothing more to overtake us. Now, we know that we have the victory, but when are we going to start showing the enemy that? Because right now, he thinks he has the upper hand. And as of right now, he does. Because we are the ones that aren't fighting back against it. So, like, why wouldn't he have the upper hand? Why Why wouldn't he be winning when we are literally playing right into his hands? Mm-hmm. We are not stopping this stuff. Mm-hmm. When did the church become okay with this stuff? That's what I want to know, is when did we start looking away right. from all this stinking evil? Like, it has overtaken our world, mm-hmm. and we haven't done anything. Right. We stopped meeting, for goodness sake, when all this stuff happened. Right. Like, okay, so... Me and Lily just saw a video, and this, it was only, like, five seconds long, Mm -hmm. but it, I don't know, it just really hit me so hard, like, a ton of bricks. So, there was this woman walking down the street. I'm not sure what she was doing because it was just a very short video, and there were a bunch of men who grabbed her. She's all by herself. Grabbed her while they're trying to tear down the store, uh, protesters. Grabbed her, started beating her, brutally Mm -hmm. beating her. And then this one guy comes out of nowhere with a two-by-four wood beam and starts beating her with it relentlessly. I would not be surprised if they beat her to death. And I want to know when on earth we became okay with that. I have not heard pastors addressing that. Like, No, because we're all too scared because we... I don't know. I get that because when are we going to be the church that Christ talks about in scripture? Mm -hmm. In the end times, where is the church that is supposed to stand against the gates of hell? Because I want that. I want that church. I want to be a part of those believers who are not afraid to be persecuted for the thing that they believe. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like we just say this over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that nothing happens, but... God somehow takes the few and turns them into the many. Does that mean, like, we're not the many, but he turns us into the many. And and somehow revival breaks out when we are at our lowest and we need Christ and we implore his protection. And we need that, like this week. Mm-hmm. We need revival to break out. And I'm not saying, oh, and nothing bad about prayer meetings and all this stuff. Okay, I'm not saying anything bad about that. But... Even when we come together to pray for revival and stuff, we're not serious. Or that's all we do. We just right. pray. We don't put any action to our prayer. Right. That's one thing that me and Lily have been talking about a lot uh, this week. This has been something that has really been on my mind lately is that, like, we have got to start putting some action to our prayer. Mm-hmm. I know that our dad's Sunday school class and stuff has been really praying for uh, revival, that we would stand up against the evil in this world. But still, that's only like 20 people. We need a little more than 20 people. I mean, I'm not saying that 20 people can't do anything because we sure can. But we've got to start putting some action to those prayer meetings. Mm -hmm. We need to take the prayer meetings outside our church walls and into the streets where evil is completely overtaking our world. I don't know. I'm getting so tired of the church sitting in the four walls and literally turning a blind eye to everything that's happening. (sighs) We have got to start preaching some radical stuff. As of right now, all I've been hearing is fluff. Mm -hmm. All I've been hearing is that this stuff is normal and that we can't overreact about it. Right. 
we're not overreacting. We are just having a reaction to this stuff, which is normal. We should be having reactions to this stuff and we should be letting it be known that we're not okay with this stuff. Because if we don't, then our freedom to assemble and our freedom of speech and our freedom of religion and all these things are gone. Mm Mm-hmm. The moment that we do not stand up for this stuff and the moment that we just are okay with it, like you're saying, is the moment that we lose it forever. Yeah. You can't reverse freedom. You can't get it back. You can't, like, this is it. This is, we are at the point in our country um, where either we're going to stand up for what's right, for the unborn, for our churches, for our faith, for Jesus, for the truth, for all these things, or... We're just going to go along with the evil and the riots and the virus and all the stuff that's going on that is capturing your attention more than the truth. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's what's going on here. And I know we, we keep referring back to there's an agenda, there's an agenda and all this stuff, but there really is. The evil and the enemy's agenda for you and I right now is the virus, is the riots, Distraction. Is news, is all this stuff, and he is doing a great job at it mm-hmm. because that's what you're posting on Facebook. That's what you and I are talking about on Instagram. That's what we are talking about when we go and get our hair done or our oil change for our car. That's what you and I talk about, not, you know, our testimonies or how we can pray for people. None of that. No, we'll talk about the virus and, you know, all this stuff, which I'm not saying is bad because we're talking about this right now, but it needs to be addressed, but it's got to be in addressed. a biblical way. Yes. In a biblical way. All right. So we've got one last verse and we're know, long again. Yeah, we're <laughs> a little bit long, but that's okay. This verse is from Titus 1, nine, and it says he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught mm-hmm. so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. We have got to get back to holding firmly to this trustworthy message. Yeah. Like, if you don't know what that message is, get in your Bible and read it vigorously. Yeah. Because we have got to get back to that. It is slipping away. Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. And soon, there's going to be a very, very small few who are actually still holding on to it. Right. Who aren't just proclaiming that they're holding on to it. Right but who are actually putting it into practice every day mm-hmm. at work, at school, at church, yeah. at our friend's house, at our family member's house, wherever we are, we have got to hold on to it constantly. That's where our freedom is at too. We got to start studying where our freedom came from, mm-hmm. uh, why America has been successful, and we got to get back to that. Right. And we got to get back to why Christianity has been successful, why Christianity has been around for 2,000 years Mm -hmm. and still isn't gone. Right. But trust me, it's going. And that's because we're not holding on to the trustworthy message. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to wrap up in prayer. So let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day and for this episode. And I pray that you would just help us to get our acts together in this next week. I pray that we would rise up against the evil that is in our world, against the evil that is completely overtaking us. And I pray that even if it's only a few, we wouldn't be afraid of the persecution or the people who will laugh at us or won't take us seriously. I pray that we would first uh, pray for your protection, pray that we would speak what you want us to, 
and that we wouldn't go out in our own power, but that we would go out in your spirit's power. And I pray that you would just uh, guide us and protect us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I want to encourage y'all. This is perhaps one of the uh, most crucial weeks of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I want us to live to the absolute fullest that we can. If that means that you need to hold prayer meetings in your home, if that means that you need to talk to your pastor, if that means that, now it's not on him, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you need to ask him if you can meet at the church, if you need to, I don't care if you need to send out an email as a church, just guys, this is the most crucial week of our lives and I don't want to waste it. I don't want to be the the person that just doesn't do anything because mm-hmm. I'm scared of persecution like we got to risk our lives for this guys this is this is important enough this is worthy enough of fighting for mm-hmm. and the good that's left um we can't lose it because like Maddie said it is going and we can't let it be gone so live this week like you don't have a next week okay Mm-hmm. I really want to challenge us with that. Live like there isn't a next week. And I'm not saying that there there isn't going to be. That's not what I'm saying. But live like there isn't going to be. Don't regret And live this next week. week like there's not going to be a exactly. next week. Keep going. Because this is important. And this is worth risking our whole entire lives for. Jesus and his kingdom. It is the best thing that we could fight for. Um, and it is the only thing worthy of fighting for. So get out there, do that, fight for it, implore his protection because we need it. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this was encouraging and challenging. I feel like I always say that, but seriously, guys, if you want to send us a message, Maddie and I are probably going to be doing some lives, hopefully praying and uh, doing that stuff. So please join us for that on our social media accounts. We're not going to stop we're going to live this week like we got nothing left and we're going to go for it. So join us as we do that. We will talk to y'all next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye guys.